Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Episode 160 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. 56% of Americans want Trump charged for what happened on January 6th. That's a good start. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. Thank you for liking, rating, subscribing, listening to, and reviewing positively, I hope, this podcast available wherever you get podcast. Tell a friend at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram, and ChristopherHahn.com. Best way to find me. So let's begin with that uh, poll that was released over the weekend. I think it was an ABC poll, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, where 56% of Americans including 91% of Democrats and almost 20%, 19% of Republicans, so one in five Republicans, believe that Donald Trump should be charged for what happened on January 6th. Now, this is something I've been talking about. I've said this on television. I've said this here on the podcast. The January 6th committee does not need to convince every American, every Republican, that Donald Trump is a criminal. But, you know, convincing 20% of him that he is, that is pretty darn good. And they're not even done yet. They're not even half done yet. And remember, they're going to do a full report on this in the fall where they will outline all their findings from the hearings and the investigation that has taken place to date and that will take place over the summer. There is more to be learned here. And they are actually doing a great job presenting it to the American people. I think when 56% of Americans start at a place that they think you should be charged with a crime, I think it's kind of hard to get them to vote for you for president. Now, remember, we have a messed up political system. And I don't think you could win the presidency and lose 56% of the vote. But you sure as heck can win the presidency with less than 50% of the vote, particularly if states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin... Um, they all think that, you know, Arizona, they think that gas prices are more important than democracy. And, and we are definitely in danger of that in this country. There's been a lot written about it. Uh, this weekend, there was a couple of op-eds. Hillary Clinton had one uh, where she agrees wholeheartedly with me that defund the police was probably one of the dumbest political statements ever made by anyone ever. And unfortunately, Democrats have been, you know, targ, you know, you know, branded with it all over this country, even though it is a very small percentage of progressives that believe that, you know, and even like I said before, I think it defeats their purpose. You want to reform the police? Absolutely. You want to change policing? Sure. 
defunding it, no, that's not a, you know, that is not even popular uh, in, in communities where police abuses have been happening most, most frequently. Let's be clear. Uh, you know, you, you look at the city of New York elections last year. In the first round, you know, Eric Adams was winning the entire time, right? He was winning. New York City has an automatic runoff system where you basically rank your choices for who you want to be the candidate within the party. And Eric Adams was always winning. But if you look at the first round vote, he won the first round vote, particularly in the outer boroughs and lost it in Manhattan. The outer boroughs, which are uh, tend to be lower income, more diverse, they were with him because he was the one who was wholeheartedly saying, I will not defund the police. In fact, I will put more resources into policing to make sure your communities are safe. Safety is a base level obligation of government. Now, again, I believe, and I truly do believe, that there needs to be significant policing reforms to make sure that the wrong people, people who would be bigoted, people who would be selective in who they enforce crimes against, should not be part of any police force. But I would never in a million years paint every police officer a bigot. I would not do that. In fact, I know many of them, and I know most of the, um, all of the ones I know are not. That doesn't mean that they haven't shown themselves to be in other ways, but they haven't shown themselves to be to me. And I would say 95% of police officers are not bigots. But of course, we have to look out for conscious and unconscious bias, and that needs to be trained better. And there are ways to do that. And there are ways to... Uh, to change policing without defunding it. It was, the, I mean, I just, I just think about it. I'm like, it's why the Democrats didn't get two extra seats in the U.S. Senate. You want to you wanna know why we can't get rid of the filibuster and do what we need to do in the Senate? That's why. It's why Joe Biden didn't have longer coattails in the House of Representatives because there were people out there being branded as in favor of defunding the police in moderate districts with moderate members who were not in favor of defunding the police and Republicans won those seats in the House and the Senate. It's just that simple. That slogan, that slogan alone, cost the Democrats seats in the Senate and in the House. Mark my words. And it will be used against Democrats all over the country again and again and again and again and again and again and again, no matter how forceful Democrats come out and say they are not for defunding the police. So there were a couple of... Uh, of uh, of uh, op-eds about this from big-time Democrats like Jay Johnson, Hillary Clinton over the weekend. I agree with it fully, um, and I will continue to say that. I think it's stupid. I think the people who came up with it are stupid, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I get their cause. I get what they're actually trying to accomplish, but they did not help themselves in those situations, not even a little bit. So what else? I mean, uh, January 6th committee, obviously, uh, I, I, you know, I, I have Sarah Burris. I did a, a long conversation with Sarah Burris on my radio show the other night. I'm going to talk to her here. You'll see, you'll hear that interview in a few minutes. Um, I think it's been very effective. As I said, um, 56% want this guy gone. Not they want him in jail when they want him arrested, charged, something like that. Charged does not necessarily mean convicted, but I think that if you think somebody should be charged with a crime, you won't vote for them for president. And given that 20%, one in five Republicans in this poll believe he should be charged, that was eye-opening to me. Eye-opening. 
because I've said it. You don't have to convince them all. 10% is good enough. Well, they got 20. I think that's great. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. I'm excited that that makes it very hard for this man to run. He's running around the country doing rallies still. And you know what? He should probably be looking uh, into spending more time in Scotland and uh, just you know keeping a low profile so that he doesn't get arrested. I, I think that's probably the better course of action for you, Donald. Uh, maybe fly off to Scotland, spend the winter, spend the summer there. I hear it's nice and cool in Scotland this time of year. So go over there and hang out and leave us alone. And uh, we'll forget about you. And you could forget about us and everybody will be happy. You know, 10 years from now, we'll get a, you know, there'll be a news clip that you, you know, you passed quietly, you know, in your sleep or had a heart attack on the golf course and um, died doing what you loved, playing golf. Okay. Maybe 20 years from now. I'm not wishing you death. Don't anybody write me. I'm not wishing him death. I hope he lives a long life out of public view. (laughs) That's what I hope. So, all right, stick around. I got, uh, I got a great guest here, Sarah. Burris from Raw Story. Uh, you've heard her before. She's great. We have a great conversation about what's going on with January 6th. Uh, so stick around. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Joining me now, one of my favorite guests, Sarah Burris, is uh, an editor and reporter at Raw Story, one of the great online publications covering politics and the media in this country. Sarah, how you doing? Hey, have uh, uh, I'm having a lovely week with lots of hearings and. I'm exhausted. I don't know about you. I am exhausted, but I got to tell you, I'm mad. These he- hearings are making me mad. Uh, and, and you know, again, I was mad on January 6th. And I think like most Americans, I got less mad as time moved on, right? And now I'm mad again. Now I want people to go to jail. So I've actually grown increasingly angry. Um, I think on January 6th, I was afraid. Mm. Uh, but as we have gone on, um, and especially with the January 6th hearings, what we found is that there are all of these staffers for Donald Trump and Mike Pence and all of these people who were unwilling to come forward uh, to fight back against the big lie before January 6th, and unwilling to come forward during the impeachment trial before the Senate. Right. And... For the most part, everybody's been pretty quiet for the last year until they decided to put their books out. And yeah. that's pissing me off. That pisses me off, too. But I, I am, look, I got to tell you, we are learning a lot in these hearings. I didn't think we would True. learn this much, right? And they have been talking, you know, like even guys like Bill Barr, who, look, I, I, I despise mostly everything about Bill Barr. But he's been pretty frank in these hearings. <laughs> He has, but I will say everything that he has said was in his book. Yeah. There is, I, I haven't heard him, I haven't seen obviously all the, the video, but I haven't heard him say anything 
publicly in the hearings that he hasn't already written. Yeah, but but or but, said but, in but, interviews. but Sarah, you're like one of the only people in America who read that book. Nobody's That's reading. True. Nobody and who's I buying would, a Bill Barr book. <laughs> Not me. And one of the major reasons I read it is so that nobody else had to. I actually I remember the last <laughs> time I had you on, as I was saying goodbye to you, you're like, I got to go read the Bill Barr book now. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, better you than me. And he's like, I'll read it for yeah. you. And then you can read my article, which I didn't read, I don't think. Did you do an article on it? <laughs> <laughs> I did a bunch. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is it is scary that these guys save, you know, like the Constitution, the, the world is ending. But you know what? I want to make a couple of bucks, so I better not talk about it. Yeah. And um, I think the thing that I think the most terrifying um, for me are finding out a lot of the sketchy stuff that was going on. Uh, like the thing about John Eastman asking for a pardon. Yeah. Well, that, that looked- one blew my mind. You know, John Eastman's out there right now still trying to rally people to his cause. And and you're like, dude, yeah. if you're a lawyer and you're trying to get a pardon, something ain't right. Yeah, you know you broke the law. I think the, you know, the request for a pardon is in and of itself an admission of guilt, don't you think? It is. And what's funny is um they actually decided that the court had a whole conversation about that. Remember whenever Joe Arpaio yep. got a pardon from Trump um, and he was furious because he found out if he, um, if he accepted the pardon, he would have to admit that he was guilty. And so he took it to court and the, the, the judge was basically like, look, dude, you know, we're not relitigating your case. We're not changing legal history here. Right. If you want a pardon? Just take, take the pardon. And, um, and then he tried to get it before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court was like, "Nah, we're good." No, I mean this is this is known precedent, uh, not just yeah. in the United States. Pardons pre-exist the United States, right? They're an old English thing. They're you know, it's like a king's pardon, um, and and it is clear that if you accept the par- pardon, you know your your price for accepting the pardon is you admit you were guilty of the crime you were pardoned for. Exactly, and one of the things um, I just actually just tweeted about was. You know, uh, take, pleading the fifth, obviously, is not an admission of guilt. Right. One of the things that folks don't know, however, is that if you testify before Congress and you plead the fifth and the Justice Department then, you know, brings a, a grand jury as a result of that congressional hearing, they can use that, you know, you pleading the fifth to the congressional um, committee as part of their evidence. Of course. Well, first of all, it's public so, testimony. So it's awkward, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, man. Well, I'm hopeful that... No happy things for Eastman here. I, I Look, I hope Eastman goes to jail uh, forever. I, I mean, I hope he goes to jail forever. And I, quite frankly, you know, I have always said, I don't think Donald Trump's going to go to jail. I still don't think he's going to go to jail. I have a feeling he pardoned himself before he left, by the way, and he's got it in his pocket. And it's signed and dated the date, and it's sealed in an envelope, and it's postmarked or something. I, I You know, he's got like one of those cheap you know, patents, right? So, <laughs> so he's got that pardon in his pocket somewhere. And when they finally come for him, he will pull that pardon out. Yeah. But, but I mean, one of the things that, uh, actually we talked to representative Jayapal today. And one thing that she said is, you know, I hope it's not just Trump that gets indicted, but every single one of his enablers. And that's a big part of it. too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, his enablers are going to get indicted and they are going to go to jail. Um, I, I feel it. I, and look, it doesn't have to happen by the end of this year. Uh, it has to happen by the end of 2024. 
And yeah. um, I, you know, look, this is how prosecutions work. You start at the bottom, you work your way up. They got the guys who were, you know, rioting at the Capitol. Now they've got the middle managers at the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and some other groups. Next, it's going to be Bannon, Stone, Eastman, uh, maybe Ginny Thomas, you know, whoever was involved with this nonsense. And then it's going to be Trump and Meadows and others. Man, from your lips. I, I don't think he's going to jail, though. I just don't. Uh, but I do think Meadows and Stone and Bannon. I think they got to go. To, I look, I, Stone was being protected by the Oath Keepers on January 6th. The yeah. Oath Keepers met with the Proud Boys the night before January 6th to plan their attack. And then on January 6th, led a reconnaissance mission of the Capitol and chose the spot to attack. And they were the tip of the spear. They were the one who turned the mob violent. They did that on purpose. This was planned. And Roger Stone was being protected by them. So one of the things that came out this week that I also read about is uh, the planning document that was released from the Proud Boys. Um, They haven't really figured out who wrote it. But it was given to um, Enrique Tario by his girlfriend. Right. And it basically mapped out the entire thing, everything from, you know, these are the intersections where you need to meet to start, you know, trying to break into the Capitol. They had a whole list of stuff for, you know, we want people to do reconnaissance. They even, they even actually wrote down on paper that they wanted somebody to, um, to go to the Capitol the day before and uh and hide out yeah so that they could let people they could be there yeah on the sixth in the morning and it's like oh seriously i i I wonder if mike flynn had anything to do with the drafting of that document oh that's a good question i didn't think about mike Uh, flynn but I, i wonder you know we haven't heard his name in these hearings yet we haven't heard roger stone we haven't heard a lot about steve bannon we haven't heard about mike flynn um where are they i mean they were all pardoned by trump for what to help him overthrow the government on January 6th. I would say too, Steve Bannon uh, is smart enough not to put things on paper. Mike Flynn is not. Yeah. Mike Flynn is definitely not. Mm. But and nor know, is Roger Stone. But Steve matter. Bannon could have been involved with the planning too. He's another milit- oh, former military sure. guy. You know, it, I can it, imagine him on a call or something. And by the way, I, I also believe this. I believe that Steve Bannon's whole motif is a big act. You know, the, you know, five shirts and smelly looking guy. This is a guy with Seinfeld money. Okay. Real Seinfeld money. And uh, I don't think he'll last a minute in prison. And once they come for him, he's going to flip on everybody. So come for him, please. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, If Trump gets indicted, uh, I think he's fleeing the country, you know, in a heartbeat. There's no way. Like I said, he he ain't going to jail. And he's got a pardon somewhere in his pocket. This is I, I I know it's just a quack theory of mine, but you wait. You wait, Sour Burris. And when it happens, <laughs> I want you to write Chris Hahn said it first. <laughs> All right. All right. I just I want I want you I want you to remember that. Write this down. When Trump pulls out a a pardon that was sent to his attorney on January nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Okay, you watch. It's there. Just before midnight. Right. January, no, just before noon on January 20th. So he had till the, you know, the next day to do it. But he did it on January 19th. He mailed it, postmarked it, FedExed it, whatever. It's sealed right now. It'll be open. I'm back with Sarah Burris. So Sarah, after watching this, are you as perplexed as, as I am that anybody in this country 
who loves this country could possibly still support this guy? Yeah, that's really disturbing. I think, too, the other thing that I'm really frustrated by is that I get the economy is not in the best place. I get that gas prices are still high. None of those things matter when you don't have a country. Right. No freedom. There's nothing. And and you think things are bad now with the economy. You install a dictator here. See what happens to your 401k. Yeah, for real. I mean, if, if Donald Trump were to run in 2024 and get elected, then you better believe something's going down and it's going to be bad for our economy. It's I mean, good. obviously, look what happened whenever he, you know, he didn't even have to do anything for it to get bad. That's right. what happened in uh, in 2020 is he just sat there and did nothing. Right. About the pandemic and right. everybody's 401k went to the toilet. And, and 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 yet there are people out there like, well, you know, the stock market's bad. I'm paying a little bit more on my credit card bills now. And, you know, I have a job that pays more than I've ever made, but I'm, uh, you know, gas prices, even though I didn't use gas for three years and now I'm, you know, paying more. And they're going to just vote Republican because they're angry at Joe Biden. Thing, there's a big thing, too, where there are all of these folks who are, uh, you know, like the, the number of people who have a 401k is actually a pretty per- small percentage in the United States. So there are all of these people who care about the stock market who are like, oh, you know, this investments are so bad. And it's like, dude, you don't even have any investments. Yeah, I have investments and I'm not worried about it. I mean, I'm not either. I mean, but I, you know, this is the first job I've ever had where I had a 401k. So, you know, yeah, pretty meager and sad. But um, well, just keep putting into it. You know, 20 years from now, it'll be great. But I have property. <laughs> What? Yeah, property. You have property. You're you're a land heiress. I forgot. Heiress. <laughs> you had a great wealth. Land heiress. That's what it is when you inherit land. <laughs> you are a land heiress. <laughs> so, All half an acre of it. You are the proud owner of a half an acre in Oakla freaking Homa. <laughs> <laughs> Which will probably be uh, you know, will will fall whenever the country falls. It'll it'll be the first to go. I gotta tell you, it is scary though, watching these hearings, because I don't think the threat's over. I think the threat's worse actually right now. I think it's yeah, like it's because people are asleep. And we didn't do enough right after January 6th to change things. And now people have forgotten. And there are people like, you know, Mastronomio or whatever his name is in Pennsylvania, who if he gets elected <laughs> governor of Pennsylvania, will just decide who gets the electoral votes for Pennsylvania. He, he said it. He's like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go by my gut. If my gut tells me that Philadelphia didn't come out the way they say it did, I'm just going to decertify the results. Uh, well, and I he, think too, I was going to say another problem is that we're not, like I'm not even talking about 2022 at this point. Um, there are still all kinds of crazy right-wing militias that are continuing to operate in the United States and plotting all kinds of crazy stuff that we don't know about. Right. And I, it, that is really scary to me. This isn't just about, um, you know, politicians who are running this year. It's also about the, um, the fact that Republicans decided that they would didn't want to fully fund uh, going after domestic terrorism. Yeah, of course they didn't want because they they don't want to go after their base. That's their voters. Yeah, you know that's the that's the they 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 agree with them, and and you know there's been while there's been election year well there's been some Republicans who have like said no I'm not with this I don't care what you and do those people those people are either being kicked out in primaries or they're 
surprisingly retiring. When is the primary in Wisconsin? Is it and not Wisconsin in Wyoming? Is it, is it next week? Because like you know, I think Liz Cheney needs to get reelected, and you know, you know, and again, I don't like her politics uh, on most things, but I just disagree with her. I don't think she's the devil. And quite frankly, she's taken the most brave stance of any Republican in America. She said, screw this guy. He betrayed the country and I'm running for reelection. Screw you. I think she needs to win. Yeah, I I wonder if she loses the primary, if she's going to come back and try and run as an independent. Um, but I, then again, I don't know that there are enough, you know, independent or Democrats in the state of Wyoming to reelect her even if that happens well look if she loses the primary 60 40 uh or you know 55 45 and then she runs as an independent she holds on to that 45 she wins right because she can you know first of all remember the people come out for the primary not the same people come out for the general election it's a small percentage i think she could win as an independent in in uh in wyoming and quite frankly i think the democrats should back her if she runs as an independent because you know, you're not going to get a Democrat elected in Wyoming. You might as well have one that doesn't hate the Constitution. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I just, that that's just the way I feel. I feel like she's taking a stand and it should be rewarded in that state. And I don't know that it will be. I hope it is. Yeah, I think it would be nice if they rewarded any kind of integrity in the Republican Party. I mean, they did it in Atlanta, right? In Georgia. I mean, Raffelsberger, you know, made a stand. You might not like him, but he made a stand and he stood up for yeah. the right thing and he got reelected easily. So did Kemp, at least to their primaries. Uh, so- and I would say too, Raffensperger is a is a for me is a totally different deal because Kemp still tried to dig his way into crazy right wing nuttiness. Yeah, and Raffensperger, I mean that dude actually stuck to his principles. He told him right to his yeah, face he- on the phone. No, sir, no, and and he stood by it. And what if he didn't? I mean, you know, so I mean, yeah, I, you know, again, I, you know, he's a Republican. You might not like some of the things he says. I, I hear what Stacey Abrams says about him, but the guy did make a stand. Sarah, there's this backbenching congressman, Loudermilk. I never heard of him until like Monday, who was giving tours of the Capitol to people who were very interested in stairwells, security booths, tunnels. What do you make of that? And so the thing about the dude is, I want to say what, last year he was like, I didn't give any tours. And then a year later, he's like, well, I gave a a tour to a family. And then like a week after that, he's like, well, I gave a tour to a family and they're very young children. And then this week we find out, oh, actually, it was like 16 people who were taking photos of hallways. Yeah offices and they were saying how do you get a gun through this security detail is there any way to avoid it (laughs) who takes a picture of a magnetometer i'm not me like oh gee this this security section is so historic like i need to take a photo of it yeah come on man i mean it it Um, was it was pretty to me and i don't understand how the capitol police says there's nothing suspicious about that there is a lot suspicious about that well here's something that i thought was interesting um so I talked to a couple of different members about this. And one of the major things that um, uh, Rep- Representative Mary Gay Scanlon from the great state of Pennsylvania um, mentioned that she was one of the ones who witnessed a Republican giving a tour and it was not louder milk. It mm. was someone else. 
I wonder who. And at the and at the time, she said, you know, I looked at it and I was like, oh, you know, this is probably, you know, one of the new members who doesn't know what the rules are and then it's COVID and you're not supposed to have tours right now or it's probably his family. Like you get to a point where you're kind of trying to create a reason for something. Right. And then she started talking to other members um, and, and, and other people were seeing, you know, these reconnaissance tours. And so then they made a comment to the Capitol police about it. Then they filed a, a formal official report and Republicans were still furious. They filed an ethics complaint against the Democrats hmm. for basically saying, you know, we saw these tours and it wow. wasn't even, it wasn't even that they were, um, they were saying, you know, these, these are straight up reconnaissance tours. They didn't even say that in the filing. They just basically said there were these tours going on when there weren't supposed to be. And, and, and Republicans flipped out and they were like, no, there weren't. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's now it's on camera. I, I, I mean, what can be done? You know, these people should be run out of Congress, like run out of Congress. They led tours for people who wanted to kill their colleagues, kill them. I mean, you, we, we, this is the thing, like I'm watching these hearings and it gets me madder and madder because, you know, the, you know, when we first saw these images, we didn't hear the sound of what these people were saying. You know, we heard the chants of hang Mike Pence and we hated that. But then you hear the up close we're coming for you, Mike Pence. We're going to cut your head off. Nancy Pelosi, you can't hide. Schumer, we're going to tear you limb from limb. I mean, come on. Uh, and yeah. and you're a member of the House of Representatives and you're giving tours to these people the day before? Were you involved? And I think, I think comparing those tour videos up against some of the videos of like with the dude who had, who fashioned a, um, you know, his American flagpole into a, a projectile stabby javelin looking yeah. um i think that's a really bad look I, call me crazy but when you think about it from a pr standpoint that really does not seem like the best idea no no it's <laughs> it's a really bad look and you know what if we didn't have such gerrymandered districts in this country where people could be crazy and still win their primaries and if you win your primary you're going to win because you know this is a republican seat or this is a democratic seat i really do think gerrymandering is the root of all evil in this country and it's going to be the end of this country. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, there's no, there's no way to get around it until we can, we essentially have a Supreme court that will fix it. Well, we need a constitutional constitutional convention to kind of change it. And I hope we don't have to go through a revolution to get to that because, you know, I mean, like that judge said today, if they would have accomplished what they were attempting to accomplish on January 6th, we would have had a revolution and a constitutional crime. Revolution was the word he used. And that was not a guy who was, you know, not choosing his words carefully. He's talking very slowly, that judge. And he's a conservative. Uh, a very, very conservative judge who was a mentor to John Eastman. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. This is definitely not. This is a this is about as right wing as you can get. He was a mentor to Ted Cruz. Yeah. And, and, Which kind of blows my mind too, because Ted Cruz was trying to was volunteering to to try some of these um, things before the Supreme Court, some of these cases before the Supreme Court. And you're yeah. like, how does this work? And these are guys who only care about their next job. I want to be president of the United States. What they're banking on is Trump not being around in 2024. Right. They were banking that, well, let me appear to be on Trump's side right now. And then when he's not around in 2024, I will have his favor. And his people's favor. 
and yeah. I care about me more than I care about thee. And that's the problem. It, it And the the that they, they don't care about is the United States of America and the Constitution and the people. And it is it's it's scary, scary stuff that they're still there in those roles. And, you know, I, I, I mean, Josh Hawley is clearly running for president of the United States, he said yesterday that he would do it again what he did on yeah. January 6th. And these are folks who. You know, I, I remember whenever all the Tea Party first came out, and I was just like, man, why would you elect somebody who wants to eliminate the office that they're running for? Right. That just seems silly to me. And right. now it's gotten so bad that it's downright scary. There's not people who want to eliminate, you know, Congress. They want to eliminate the United States of America. And it's, it is scary. You think that's going to sink your, your 401k? Yeah. So if you had a crystal ball, it's now the year 2026. What does America look like? It's really hard because I think I'm still living in this Pollyanna world of hope. Mm. And I don't know why. I don't know where this comes from. This like bizarre optimism that I'm like, oh, surely, surely people are good enough. I still believe in humanity. Um, and I don't know. I... Part of me comes that comes from my mother, who is a conservative Republican and who hates Donald Trump and right. watches the hearings and finds all of this really shocking and disgusting. And, you know, she doesn't pay attention unless I'm like, hey, you know, I interviewed this member and it's a really good interview. You should read it. So, you know, I use kind of her barometer, kind of her as a barometer. And I, I know that that is not certainly the majority of Republicans, but. God, I really wish it was. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it could go one way or the other. If um, And I don't know if things go really, really bad in 2022. I don't know then if it would stay bad, because obviously you're going to have Joe Biden there to block anything that the, um, the House or Senate would try to do unless he tries to impeach you know, they try to impeach him. Right. But I don't think that's going to get. Through. Yeah, they'll never that's get the votes to impeach him. But yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, at least we're through to 2024. And I wonder, like, if Republicans really do try and enforce that, we're going to investigate everything. We're going to put Hunter Biden on the stand, like all of this stuff. I wonder if then it will swing back. It might. And it might. That is sort of my hope for if everything goes terrible in 22, how it still might be salvageable salvageable in 24 because things were so awful in 16 that you know it it was great for us in right 18. right right i i don't know i i for one i'm like you i vacillate between hope and maybe i should buy an apartment in like newfoundland you know yeah no at the same time i'm thinking you know do i really want to deal with the humidity in costa rica because that'd be a fun country to yeah. they have great health care there i go cold <laughs> you go hot I, i'm gonna go i mean i mean i'm gonna be in a maritime province but i'm not gonna go i'm not going to costa rica i mean you know good surfing everything but i can't deal with like 90 degrees in like april it's just it's not it's not i me. know <laughs> I would, there'd be so many solar panels for my air conditioning unit do you know what that humidity like that. do you know what that humidity would do to my hair just come on. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine? 
Uh, so, At that point, I might have to shave my head no. because it'd be too much. My hair would just be like, zing. <laughs> it would be all over the place. So, I mean, no, I, you know, I, but it, it I, I get it. It's like, we don't know. Like, you know, maybe the Democrats, if they lose the House this year, which I think they're going to, uh, they decide to come back and do a lame duck session and maybe get some bills through the Senate then. Maybe some of the Republicans who are on their way out who know that we need to protect this democracy. Maybe there's enough of them. And we move a few things. But I don't think that's going to happen either. Like move some changes to the Electoral Count Act. Just make things harder for the next time. Well, even the Electoral College or the Electoral Count Act, like Trump broke the laws in it. It's yeah. not that necessarily that that law is flawed because he broke what was in it to begin with. Yeah. So it's not like they couldn't charge him. I don't know. And sedition. You're right. I I mean, look, he's definitely guilty of interfering with a official proceeding. (laughs) I mean, Liz Cheney spelled it out in the hearing. Um, And I would say, too, she spelled out that uh, in the the second one that they could go for seditious conspiracy. Clearly. I mean, somebody in the Trump orbit was working with the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. And whoever that was is guilty of seditious conspiracy and should probably be punished to the full extent of the law. And, you know, it's, it's scary to think that they might not, but let's hope they do. Because quite frankly, if there's no consequences for people, you know, not the people wearing the camouflage, but the people wearing the shirt and tie who look respectable, if they are not held accountable, we're in trouble. All right, Sarah, I'm out of time with you. I got to plug your plug away for you and then uh, say goodbye. Where do, people, where do you want people to find you? What do you want them to know? Find me on the Twitters at, at Sarah Burris. And uh, you can follow me on the Facebook at Sarah K. Burris. Um, and I've been trying to post more videos of stuff. Not me talking, but videos of you know stuff that I see in Congress that nobody's paying attention to. Well, keep it up. You're doing great work. It gets better all the time. Sarah Burris. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. All right, I hope you like Sarah. I know you do because you listened to the interview and she's been on multiple times. So you definitely know who she is. I don't get these podcasts that... Oh, we really can't have the same person on like maybe every once every three years. I mean, I don't know. Television shows have people on. all. I mean, I'm on shows every week. I, you know, but anyway, I guess it's just, oh, it's such an intimate format. You're in their ear. So big deal. (laughs) You're listening to me every week. You might as well hear some of my friends. And Sarah's like one of those friends who I never met. I mean, it's, it's, I've got all these friends that I never met in broadcasting and, and I have these great conversations about politics and uh, pop culture and social media with them almost exclusively on the air. I mean, I've talked to Sarah a few times off the air about 
some topics that the two of us were working on that maybe I needed help or she needed help with. But beyond that, it's it's basically what you hear. That's my relationship with Sarah, and Janet Johnson, and a few other people that I've had on here uh, over the years um, that are just my friends from radio and TV that I don't ever spend any time in the real, in their presence. Some of my TV friends I used to see more often when I would do in-studio appearances, but I have not done, I've done one in-studio appearance on television in three years. And I was the only person in that studio because uh, I was in studio in New York City for Fox and the person I was dealing with was in D.C. for Fox. So uh, I just happened to be in the city and I needed a place to do the hit. Usually I do hits in my basement. Uh, I didn't do it uh, this time. So is what it is. So look, um, it is interesting. We got a lot of Supreme Court rulings yet to come, Right. The uh, concealed carry ruling, which we thought would have come early in the session, has not been released. I think the Supreme Court backed off releasing it after the Uvalde Uvalde massacre um, and the Buffalo massacre. And I'm calling them massacres on purpose because, you know, I think calling them shootings just doesn't seem, doesn't do it justice. They backed off as a result of that. Okay, Um, maybe they should change their opinion because of that. But of course, we're most dutifully awaiting the choice ruling, which I guess can come any day. I mean, as I tape this, it's it's June 20th. Generally speaking, their last day is June 30th. So within the next 10 days, we're going to hear all of these opinions. They're, they're going to be released, and the media world is on pins and needles for it. And I guess the real world is, I mean, it, this choice decision is going to rock the world again. Now, I know... We all blew up about it uh, a couple of weeks ago when the opinion, opinion was leaked. But when it actually happens, I think it's going to be worse. And I think people are going to go nuts. And I think that's a good thing. Democrats got to get a figure out a way to get people to vote uh, this year and to vote about things other than gas prices. Otherwise, it's going to be a horrible November for Democrats. And showing the world that Republicans are, uh, are going to take away your freedom, particularly among women, but also make it less safe. You know, I talked about this earlier in the show about the war on crime. Why aren't Democrats talking about the Republicans' refusal to ban things like AR-15s as being soft on crime? Why are we not saying that Republicans insisting that people be able to, con- to carry a concealed weapon in, you know, on the New York City subway? How come that's not being soft on crime? I'm sorry, it is. It is soft on crime. It is making us less safe. It is making this country a more dangerous place. And the Supreme Court, which is, you know, as ideological and partisan as any other branch of our government these days, is going to do the bidding of right-wing nuts in this country and make it less less safe for women to seek health care in this country, much less safe. And it's going to make it much less safe for New Yorkers to be in congested subway cars because we don't know who's going to be packing heat. And God forbid a gunfight breaks out. It's like the wild freaking West. Thank you, Republicans. Soft on crime, weak on safety. You made this country a less safe place, probably one of the least safe places in the world, at least as far as modern industrial societies. So I don't know. Let's get our messaging straight. 
Supreme Court's going to help us. Can't just be about gas prices and inflation or we're doomed in November. All right, but have hope. It's all is not lost, and and uh, there is an ability for us to win these elections, and uh, we have to keep fighting. So, I want to remind you now, as I want to thank you again for listening. And before I go into my remind you now speech, thank you for listening, and I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.